Hey guys, welcome back to the weekly Scrubbed In podcast. This week, we've got another amazing guest. As we have introduction, his name is Abdul, a fourth year medical student at UCL and who also happens to be the co-founder and CEO of MedMentor. And not only that, he was a bit of a maverick and learned how to do digital media and strategy and kind of grew his dad's business fivefold. So I guess you don't want to hear me talking on. We'll introduce you to the man himself. Sabdu, introduce yourself and tell us what you're about. Yeah, hi guys. Good to talk to you both. Um, so yeah, my name is Abdul. Um, currently at UCL, doing my fourth year, my first year, my clinical year. So it's been a it's been a hectic year, as you guys probably experienced when you were in medical school. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's good. I just started up MedMental. Mm. Um, so we... We founded, we incorporated in the summer last year, um, but things are like starting to roll now. Um, it takes time, um, but it's exciting. A lot of exciting stuff coming together now. Yeah. Sweet, sounds awesome. good. So well, before we go into MedMentor, let's start all the way from the beginning. Okay. How did yeah. you end up being a medic? You know, you're, you're from a background where your parents are heavily involved in business. How yeah. was, you know, the cultural differences? Were they keen on you studying medicine or did they want you to join the family empire? Kind of walk through that with us. Yeah, yeah. So interestingly, both my parents had a science background. Mm. So my mum was a doctor, um, mm-hmm. but she uh, stopped working when I was quite young. Mm. Okay. Um, and my dad, he, was, he wasn't a medical doctor, but he um, did his PhD over at what is now Imperial College. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, but he moved into the world of business also quite early so throughout my whole life my mum was never a doctor and my dad was always in business Mm -hmm. um medicine i mean i feel i don't know if you guys can relate but medicine is kind of the be all and end all in our culture really (laughs) whether that's a good thing or a bad thing i personally have quite strong views about it to Mm. be honest but what, what, what is your view? What is your Because we, we mentioned this in episode two of our initial season, right? Yeah. We, we talked about how when we were going through the schooling years, if you were academic academically bright, yeah. you're automatically put up for, you're going to do medicine. Yeah, right? yeah. And so actually, your, that's how it works in, in, mm. in the Middle East, which mm. is where I'm from, Amarab. Mm-hmm. So um, there, it's actually quite crazy how it works there. Everyone's given a percentile across mm-hmm. the nationally. Mm. Those who get you're known, ranked nationally. You're ranked nationally, wow. and you go onto the newspaper. <laughs> the top twenty will go on to the newspaper. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and the if you get ninety five percent or above, I yeah. mean, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's like that. Mm. You're a medic. You're a doctor, regardless yeah. of your personality, wow. uh, your background, your interest. That doesn't matter. You're predestined. Like, exactly. <laughs> it's if you're academically able, yeah. you're into medicine. Then it's like. I mean, then it's, I think, engineering, mm. and then everything else comes after that. Mm. As in, are you That's actually streamlined into that special t- uh, field, or is it like just, just what you do if you're in that centre? So they're equivalent of A-levels. Yeah. That's yeah. where they're ranked. And then after that, they're, so they'll, they'll go to the university and say to the university, this is my ranking. And they'll be told like, okay, you're, like that's medicine for you. Mm. It's probably the norm now, right? So it's like, I've got, you know, let's say 90th center, 95 yeah. plus. So as soon as you get it, it's like, all right, that's it. I'm now expected to become a medic. So yeah. That was the problem we had or yeah. I had personally. It's yeah. like, there are lots of bright kids that don't want to do medicine. He might want to be an artist or he might mm-hmm. want to play yeah, the concert, yeah. but there's this pressure in terms of society and yeah. family. Exactly. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're such a waste of a talent. You're such an academic. Exactly. How can mm. you not do anything but medicine? Yeah, so it seems it's, we have a very similar. It, it's a destiny for you mm. if you if you get a high high grade. And for me personally, the reason why I really don't agree with that, mm. other than the really obvious stuff mm. like this person might not be a good personality wise, be a yeah. good doctor. Mm. Um, I think for in general for the community, you don't want the high academic high academic performing students mm. to mm. be just medics do you yeah, exactly. you want them you want them to be in law you want them to be in ec- economics absolutely Wrong. i think you raise yeah. a good point to be fair and it's something we didn't touch on it's like society needs all these other individuals mm. and it's like so who goes and becomes a politician who goes and becomes a lawyer if we've kind of reserved those for the people that are between you know the 40th and 50th centile and the 50th to 70th exactly. centile yeah i think community will benefit a lot and become a lot mm. more prosperous if you have these 
high achieving individuals across the sector, across the community. Yeah. So that's quite a valid yeah. point you raised. I do, fair. I do think that we're, with the rise in role models that we have, um, what we're seeing is now actually in this country I've noticed it. So the high achievers are now not typically opting for medicine and law. Um, they are opting for mechanical engineering and automotive um, engineering and weird and quirky things. Um, so it's quite cool. The transition I've actually seen as well in this country. I've noticed it in, in the diaspora that we have here, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is good. I think that that's definitely something we have to keep promoting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, the idea of you have to go into medicine is out of a... Uh, conception that our parents had back in the day where yeah. a doctor's life is a good life mm, mm, whereas mm, I'm not saying mm. <laughs> obviously a doctor's <laughs> life is a bad life here yeah. but I'm saying things have changed a lot, yeah, a lot. Yeah, exactly. for example someone who studied mm. IT or uh, computers and things like that back in the day mm. might not have had as much respect mm. these days yeah. when you come across someone who's working in a startup yeah. in a tech yeah, startup like, comp wow. site us medics are like Wow, that's true. We we have so much respect for those people. Exactly. And our parents, unfortunately, still Mm -hmm. have the. They've grown up. Like, you can't blame them to a certain extent. They've grown up with it. Mm. And you know what? It's also. um, So, why why our parents were so sort of fixated on us becoming medics if you were talented in the world of academics is because, let's be honest though, becoming a doctor, you have security. You Mm. almost will always have a job. Yeah. Almost always. It might not be in the place you want, but you will always have a job. True. You'll always have an income and you'll always be able to support a family. And I think that's being fixated on the, those protected factors is why they push everyone down that stream. Um, So, yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Fair enough. So, in the beginning, we mentioned you were involved in digital media strategy and kind of helped you grow your dad's business. So, a lot of people are medics or prospective medical students. And anytime we hear anything digital media, we don't know what it means. We, we understand biology, A levels, we understand all of that. So, what is digital media? Tell us a bit more about how you use that to kind of help grow a business. Um, because there's a lot of people, and to be fair, these are stuff I've learned recently. I went through medical school not knowing what digital media strategy mm-hmm. was really. So kind of talk us through that, what it is, what it entailed. Yeah, so my dad with his business, he's old school. He is, the customer service was mm. good. He wants to make mm. sure every customer has a good experience and give a good yeah. service. But what he lacked, and with age, I think that came was, was the ability to be able to put that across and market that across mm. Mm. Um, in this age. and. I felt that I noticed that he had those like that good service and product, but mm. he wasn't able to get people to find out about it. Mm. So early on, I went out and I did my kind of research into mm-hmm. this space. Mm. Right now, everyone so there's something called SEO, search engine mm. optimization, mm. Um, pay per, per click, which is like Google ads, mm. the ads that you see at the top of a Google page. Yeah. Um, there's not social media is huge now. It's, it's probably really the popular. number one. So you were one, ahead right? of the game then. You were yeah. miles ahead of the game. Yeah, no, it <laughs> like you had to. We were thinking about it at the time. Mm. Um, I was, but I was such a young age. Mm. I think I wouldn't have had the experience had my dad not given me that responsibility. Mm. So, so do you feel that kind of being exposed to that business world, kind of being exposed to seeing what your dad has done yeah. to the customer service, has kind of affected the way you run med mentor and those are certain attributes you bring towards mentor that kind of has shown the immense success here so far do you know what i mean yeah in terms of i think i think what so okay this is another interesting thing i think a lot of medics mm. we're in a very vocational career aren't we yeah there are certain check boxes that we tick people mm. want to get a certain number of publications because they yeah. count towards points mm. but what that means is that if there is something that doesn't necessarily contribute towards those checkboxes, people tend to avoid them. Yeah. It's a waste of time, right? And so things that come under those wastes of time are things like coding, mm. things yeah. like starting a business. Mm. And I think the difference between me and someone else mm-hmm. was my exposure to business. And that's probably one of the few, one of the reasons why so few of us actually go into it. I Because I saw my dad run a business and mm. I was involved in scaling it, mm-hmm. I it doesn't seem as risky. It's not such an abstract thing to be able to go and start your business. Yes. I've seen it happen. I've mm-hmm. been part of it. And so it's not as a risky, it's not considered a waste of time for me. Mm. Um, and I think that's what made me mm. think, you know what, I see a problem, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this yeah, later. Mm-hmm. I see a problem here. I can solve it why don't I like do that through a social enterprise yeah, through yeah. a business makes sense yeah and I think mm. 
you highlight something important and I had this conversation with a friend of mine it's it's doctors are naturally very risk averse yes so mm. we kind of like definitive goals we want to know what we're doing we're that type of individuals where even working on ITU I'm going to get that second chest x-ray just to make sure that NG tube is in the right mm-hmm. place we're very risk averse whereas being a a founder or an entrepreneur is the opposite we're flipping on his head you're someone that's willing to take risk you're willing to invest you know capital whatever it yeah. may be and gain nothing at the end of it yeah whereas in medicine that's like absolutely yeah. y- you'd be kicking yourself at the you know at the end of the day if you rise for x amount of time and nothing came yeah. up in the exam yeah, yeah so um i think we're starting to see it where medics are becoming a bit more risk free mm-hmm. and they're starting to do the startups but i think the old school yeah. medics you know the people that are consultants and they'll be like wow why even doing that like yeah do you know what i mean there is a lot of that and a lot of people especially when you're thinking about working with people mm. well you can tell they're making an assessment for themselves is this worthwhile investing yeah. my time yeah um yeah. and it's navigating that but don't get me wrong mm. it's not necessarily like i'm it's still mm. scary to think that you might not succeed mm. absolutely but yeah. i think you need to change the mentality into a growth mentality of I might not be succeeding from a growing business, mm. but I'll be succeeding from developing my skills. Exactly. Exactly. Do you get exactly. what I mean? And, and I th- it might yeah. lead to a project down the line. Exactly. Who knows that you develop and grow because yeah. of a failure, if it happens, you never know. And when you look yeah. at people who've started a businesses, mm-hmm. there's very few who did not have failures before they well, got to success. You don't know success. about the number of failures we had, man. So, man, yeah. so I think it's we, true. And to be fair, some of the skills you pick up is probably good. It probably makes you a better doctor, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. Because you learn how to kind of do all tiers of management. So mm. we're talking about higher, mid, lower tier management, kind of communicating better. Yeah. And, you know, if something doesn't work, you find a... At the end of the day, an entrepreneur is someone that finds a problem and a solution, right? Yeah, and medicine yeah. is full of problems. You know, it's a shame to say it. Mm-hmm. So naturally, those assets will come across. Um, and you, you know, we, we asked Abdul for like a buy of all the stuff he's done before. And you mentioned something about this social enterprise you're working with. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. How you got involved, um, how other medics may get involved. Maybe they don't want to start their own setup, but they may yeah. want to get involved just to get their feet wet. Okay, yeah. I, I can definitely give advice on that. I mm. think my the way that I got involved was a bit weird and a bit mm. different. Um, so I was involved in the Arab and North African society. Mm-hmm. I was uh, the treasurer for the society here at UCL. Mm. And... Uh, one thing that I wanted to, to kind of deliver on and something that wasn't doing so well was membership numbers. Mm. So mm-hmm. trying to think about how can I get people to part with, even if it's like three pounds for membership. Yeah. It's not it's not a lot, but <laughs> students are students. Yes, yeah. it's true, it's true. <laughs> and, and for them, it's the calculation is meal deal membership. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I was trying to figure it out. And food is obviously a big pa- part yeah. of student life. So uh, the way that I thought about encouraging people was going out to restaurants mm. talking to them and saying to local restaurants the ones that are around UCL and saying to them hey listen there's a huge student kind of campus that's right next door to you yeah. I'm sure you want to tap into that market uh, I can help you do that we have facilities and venues available to us we have access to uh, the quad which yeah, is our yeah, like yeah. main like like hundreds of students mm. walk through it every day to get to their lectures and things like that we can help like market you and and grow mm. your business and get people to go to you uh, if you give us a discount yeah. for our members. Mm. So that was the transaction really. It was, can you offer Arab Sock members mm. yeah. a discount and we'll put your banners around and we'll put you onto our kind of promotional mm. material and our events. And because of that actually, mm. I was at a stall for Arab Sock and mm. there was all these kind of discounts things. And yeah. we had, I mean, considering we're the Arab society, we had, people from every side yeah. of the ethnic community <laughs> Absolutely. Like, that discount yeah. now is priceless exactly <laughs> and one of the discounts was like a free meal which was oh, like yeah. worth 10 pounds wow. and our membership was three pounds mm. so we were getting people left right center and it was great and yeah at this store we had a guy who walked by mm. and he was very interested he was like who set this up for you and so i introduced myself and he was like i'd like to talk to you and essentially mm-hmm. he he mm-hmm. had a friend who was working for this startup we are percent mm-hmm. who were essentially uh also looking to partner with people through their kind of app mm-hmm. um and because they'd seen that i'd already kind of done that process of speaking i knew how, what it was like talking to restaurants and persuading mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. uh they thought it would be a really good idea so it, it wasn't so much me looking for it it was just a sort of it, match mm-hmm. i don't know it just but just happened be, really to be fair that's kind of merit to you as in like you know your hard work will bear fruits one day yeah. or not mm. and if you 
you know, it's like, even Islamically, like you have to tie your camel, right? You can't just sit there and wait for things to happen. Mm. Naturally, mm. if you go about your course, you're grinding, you're hustling, you're plugging away, you're standing out in the cold and giving out leaflets, whatever it may be, in whatever capacity, you will be noticed and someone will see some attribute in you or some potential and they will come and approach you. Yeah. So, you know, you don't need to always be that guy that starts it. You know, there's this whole, this this concept, what I say is everyone's a founder first and a medic second. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, now just work hard at whatever you're doing and naturally you'll be spotted and people come and approach you. Um, so that is... I think just the concept of taking your role as, what was your role, did you say? It was treasurer. As treasurer, treasurer. Yeah. So as a treasurer, you went out of your way. Yeah. I presume treasurer, that role no, is that finance so orientated, right? All my role really was is yeah. sending receipts to the union. Mm. Okay. I went and did lo- all these things outside of that. Exactly. Yeah. So you went beyond your role, you then negotiated with local targeted businesses and got a, a secured a deal. Now, all of that will require skills well beyond what medicine teaches. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, that, that's the testament for why you were headhunted. Mm. Um, I think this is the concept (laughs) that I'm very like kind of uh, passionate about is Ihsan of going the extra mile Mm. is how I translate it like Mm. best is don't just do your role do Mm. it like go one further and I think when you do that and I'm also a sort of yes man it Mm. has its flaws of like saying yes to every opportunity but I think it's reaped so much things that you can't calculate and anticipate when you do something I really discourage people to just think about well, if I do A, I'm going to get B. They really don't see the other things that might come out of yeah, it. I never exactly. knew that someone would come across. I had no idea. My focus that day was just getting people to know about the discounts yeah, that we had yeah. and to th- then get membership. Yeah. So you never know. And I think don't go overboard and think that I'll say yes to absolutely everything because yeah. there might be, I might meet the CEO of a company in mm-hmm. the quad if I just stand there all day. Obviously not. <laughs> like you've got, there's a there, there's a certain like level mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. logic to this, mm-hmm. but... I think that you do have to take, if you take the extra mile, people will notice. Yeah. Mm. And when people notice, things come out of that. And it really does breed opportunities. Exactly. I think that's yeah. true. And going the extra mile, it it just develops so much more when it comes to the skills and the yeah. talents that you can hone in on yourself. Mm. Um, so I absolutely agree with that. Go beyond what you're just inclined to do and what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, we are percent uh, doing some exciting stuff. Yeah. Fine. We can put the link in the description. So towards the end, yeah, we'll yeah. get a link of all the stuff you're working on and then people that are interested can go into it, see how it is. Um, so we've kind of talked about some of the different things you were involved in med school. Um, just before we go on to med mental, which I want to talk about in a bit of depth, is at the same time, any difficulties through med school, times, you know, because the, the, your fi- first year of clinical studies, yeah. how was the transition? Like, walk through that with us. Was it yeah. difficult or... Yeah, I think uh, like starting medical school is obviously tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it was the changes in communities mm. um, that was most difficult. But I think for everyone, it inevitably will settle down mm. and you will find mm. your group. So just have mm. kind of faith in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, talking about clinical year, like that transition from preclinical year to clinical year, I think the biggest difference is mm. now that you're in hospital and you're up about, mm. the first thing that I notice is I really love medicine because mm. I'm not going to lie to you. I had my doubts mm. up until mm. this year. Mm. I felt like I'm not sure this is the thing for me yeah. mm. because in all honesty, the way the curriculum, like the years are set up, you don't feel like you're a doctor up until fourth year uh, and uh, yeah, until the three sure. years yeah, yeah. of doing something like of course science is important and mm. having a good foundation is important but three years before you actually start to feel it i yeah. it, it's without doubt do you why. get minimal exposure at ucl in the it's so years? so because it's a very traditional course yeah. yeah it's very minimal i mean i can't emphasize like I'm, I'm saying we might meet three to four patients a year. But I think UCL have recognized that. And yeah. I think people do raise that. Um, I know, but this is a problem with retention that's mm. happened is that because there's first, second and third year yeah. and y- you have a BSc at the end of it. So you have a degree yeah, after yeah, those yeah. three years. A lot of people mistakenly, in my opinion, decide to leave. Because just really? before they get yeah, to, just yeah. before they get to fourth year, they just because they've now got a BSc, they haven't wasted any time technically because they've spent three years, just yeah. like any other student would have mm. spent three years, and they'll leave. And actually, like other unis have got around it, like Imperial by yeah, switching yeah. 
the BSC put, year, in, the fo- in, in a the fourth year. year. Or fourth year, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So essentially what you do is first year, second year, a clinical year. And show them they love medicine. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Get them that taste and then yeah. they'll go back to but it's good, the BSC. But I think it's better. As in, and I think you're right. I think compared to 10, 15 years ago, it was a rush. Let's finish training. Let's become a consultant sooner. Yeah, yeah. Now, loads of F1s and F2s are like, let's take care of, let's work on X, Y, yeah. Z. I don't want to be a consultant anytime soon. Mm. And even, what I don't think it's worse or not. Now it's people, they're not even finishing med school. They're like, do you know what? I know it's not for me. Mm. I'm just going to duck and end up doing something else. But mm. I think it's a shame they never get to kind of taste the sweetness of yeah. clinical medicine because it mm-hmm. it's actually beautiful. It's quite it is good. Very, yeah, yeah. It's and so I get satisfying. Because mm. yeah. we did it in Greenwood. Two years, three years, stuck in lecture theater. And then fourth year, you're like, oh, do you know what? I don't really feel like a medical student. You learn yeah. anatomy, but it's not being the same as on the wards, kind of exactly, examining patients, yeah. Yeah, yeah. taking a history. Um, so yeah, any of you that are planning to quit, make sure you don't quit. Don't do quit. Clinical year. Do your clinical year. And I said to myself, and my friends can like mm. be a testament mm. to this, is that I was going to do at least term one mm. of yeah. fourth year. Mm. And if I didn't enjoy it, mm. and then I would consider dropping out. Yeah, but yeah, I wasn't yeah. going to be stupid enough in my opinion, yeah, to drop yeah. out early when I really hadn't tasted it. And you don't know really what it's yeah. about. Yeah. And to be fair, even med school is not a real representation of a medic, like being a doctor. I think being F1, F2 is even, other than not being able to wake up late and all of that <laughs> stuff, yeah. <laughs> being F1, and F2 is stuff. solid. Like there are days yeah, where you're, yeah. simple thing like putting a cafe out four o'clock in the morning for a guy that's bursting and he's got bladder retention. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That That's the job being a doctor. That's the exactly. job being a medic. So do it and i always recommend i speaking to a few people a few people at ucl you know mainly is even the f1 and f2 man see it yeah, is yeah, after yeah. that no one's gonna blame you do you know what you've tasted it you've done it you've yeah. done your time then decide do you know what i'm gonna bow out yeah. it's not for me exactly but yeah. you worked hard for it you might as well just see it today yeah. but i i for me regardless of where i have my own other interests my business interest yeah. For me, I think medicine's always going to be part of any sort of future that I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do recognize, I, I think like I saw a stat, like mm. 50% of people take a year out to do an F3, the yeah. F3. I, yeah. I think yeah. uh, it's even higher than that. So I think it's like one in five going to training post F2. Yeah. Yeah, so it's something ridiculous. No, like, we were a lot of them are just for traveling yeah. as well. Yeah, They're traveling, not necessarily anything, for just career yeah. development. Yeah. They're just to enjoy themselves. Because yeah. you want time off, isn't it? Because F1, F2 is rough. Let's be yeah, honest, yeah. you're working yeah. constantly mm-hmm. and you're new and everything takes that bit longer to learn. I remember in like one of the, you know, you get the weekly ch- uh, tutorials. I think there was about 48 people in the room and they said, who's going to specialty training? And only two people put their hands <laughs> up. And the lady's like, yeah, we're like, she swore in it. She's like, yeah. yep, we're in a predicament. But it kind of goes <laughs> to show the change in mentality. Like we're not mm-hmm. rushing to be a consultant. Everyone's taking their time. Um, and we're happy to kind of do things outside of medicine, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. kind of brings us nicely onto med mental so yeah. talk to us about med mental what it is how you started it yeah. um, and kind of tell everyone what it's about yeah so well med mentors as a one-liner sort of thing it's an online platform and it aims to connect people who are applying to medical school with mm. current medical students like myself and really the reason why i started it with my co-founder Josefa was that I was part of uh, the UCL widening participation program called mm-hmm. Target Medicine. Mm. Um, and what they do is help a lot of people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, mm-hmm. from disadvantaged areas and schools to get some support. Their application, the number of applicants for places there is insane. So there's 12 applications for every one place. So they're okay. very, very much in demand. Yeah. So. I recognized that I, the in target medicine, you could see that we were doing good work. Mm. People, like it was very satisfying, but yeah. in the back of my mind, especially with this business sort of background mm-hmm. and mindset, it was like this is just solving like less like five percent of the problem. There's yeah. there, there is a lot of people out there who are not getting any help, mm. and then there was the aspect of what was out there already for for support for medical. Most of them are very expensive courses. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. hundred. 150 I couldn't afford it. So I, I couldn't afford, afford it. it. Yes, I couldn't afford, afford it. it. And and you, it's not even necessary to say 100 pounds. And you're sitting with like a, a, yeah. a, a like seasoned like admissions student or something. Like yeah. that. You're sitting in a lecture with yeah. 99 other people True. with yeah. a doctor who's there who's going to earn 6k or 3k. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's crazy. And 
not to talk, even the doctor is not the best person to talk to when you're mm-hmm. applying. You want to talk to medical students. I agree. And so for me, my my objective was twofold. It was to help solve the kind of problem of those like students who are from lower socioeconomic background and yeah. to help these organizations like Target Medicine scale up. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is be able to give these organizations the option of using our platform so yeah. that they can help the more students. Yeah. And the other thing was to up- give affordable one-to-one uh, tuition or the opportunity mm-hmm. of tuition or mentoring with students so that if you had an interview, let's say next week at, mm. at UCL, yeah. mm. we'll just go onto our website, look for a UCL medical student in first or second year and, mm. and book a session and have it online with them. Yeah, And it, it's like a no-brainer because that's that's going to be the number one valuable thing that you can do for your preparation of the interview is talk to someone who's been through it a year ago. A year yeah. ago, yeah. absolutely. The, the, this, is a very, uh, this is a topic that I'm very, very passionate about. Mm. The one thing that I'm very stern on is accessibility. Yeah. I find that... Social mobility. Um, yeah. Exactly. Access is denied to a lot of people. Yeah. I come to Hamlets. I grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, the, I had a few colleagues of mine who actually before med school they had friends that were in medicine and they had support and I had zero access but mm. also had zero knowledge of what was out there mm. right so I think this is absolutely great how are you planning to actually um, ensure that access isn't denied to let's say the whole of Tower Hamlets yeah yeah so ideally the people who have the connections, the mm. people who have, they're already in a privileged position. Exactly. And it's, you can't take away the privilege. The, the only way that you can do it is by lifting everyone else up to the same level mm-hmm. as them. Mm-hmm. Though we're trying to do a lot of different ways of going about it. Um, mm. And because we recognize it, there's probably not just one solution for it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. One way is to get the, because uni- every medical school in the UK has an obligation to set up an organization to mm. to help widen participation. Yeah. And by that, I mean help people from the backgrounds that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one way is to go to them and talk to them and say to them, hey, listen, you're doing great work, but if you use our solution, rather than doing it physically in person where you can only help a certain number of students because mm. you're physically limited by the number of venues you can get, mm. the number yeah. of volunteers you can get, we can give it, you the opportunity of getting your medical students to give that support online. Mm, and that exactly. encourages more medical students to go online mm. and volunteer. And that encourages one medical student can help m- not just five students, they can help 10, 20 students. I think it's probably more yeah. impact and it's more efficient. It's and a I scaling up kind yeah. of aspect. Mm. Yeah. And the beauty about this is this concept of scaling, this concept of efficiency mm. is a entrepreneurial mindset mm. type of thing rather than a medic, right? Yeah, a medic we much. are, we are a team, yeah, at the same time we're individualistic and mm. we look after a ward of what, 10, 15, 20, 30 patients and it's like that mentality. Whereas someone who's in business entrepreneur, he is like, how do I get one person to kind of have maximum impact? Do you yeah. know what, how, so we're not limited in terms of numbers. So mm. I think that's what you did and it's a nice kind of twist to conventional targeting, you know, people from lower or socioeconomic backgrounds. Mm. What would you say are kind of some of the difficulties you face with launching a business, launching this startup? being a medic you're still kind of first year clinical studies how are you balancing it all plus you mentioned you're the ceo right mm. so talk us through that yeah, how are you doing all of that <laughs> how are you managing it's crazy i'm not gonna lie to you um i think the number one thing with fourth year is unlike first second and third year you don't just go home me- like you're not mentally exhausted you're mm. now also physically in- exhausted True, yeah because you're on your feet all day so that's been a big hit one thing I did do is utilize my holidays quite quite a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So most of the development and work mm-hmm. was done in our holidays. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a lot of credit to Hazefa because he's mm-hmm. CTO and he did a lot of the web development. And he would like if it wasn't for that, that mm-hmm. would have been we we wouldn't be where mm-hmm. we are right now. And I think that because we we utilized that time well, we were able to start off the year at least having done the bulk of the work. Good. Now it was more about like yeah. getting things going mm-hmm. and. Time management is absolutely key for any medical student and doctor out there. Mm-hmm. If you don't have good time management skills, it's very difficult to even get by with the bare minimum. Mm. Yeah. You need to have it. And it's been tough, but I think allocating and time boxing is, is, a, is a method of kind of telling yourself that from eight to 10, I'm going to do this thing yeah. and making sure that you stick to that. That's a very good method because there's the idea mm. of uh, I can't remember the technical name, but expansion. If you say to yourself, I'm going to do 
this and don't give yourself a certain ah, time yes, I've, I've it just expands into yeah. that so we um, had a meeting with ma right mm. so all i had we have our meeting and usman our trustee he was mm. saying so obviously the church is quite big now and Mm-mm-mm. and yeah. the meetings can go on forever so <laughs> he's quite slight he did an experiment so we saw the agenda the agenda is obviously the size of my arm um and then at the end of it he's like for our next meeting let's do this so let's let's have an agenda but let's do an agenda which needs to be covered in two hours mm-hmm. that means it was a four hour long meeting right yeah and so what he's saying is if you set yourself a time limit like let's do it in two hours you can complete that within two you hours because you're you conscious can, you get rid of the waffle you get yeah. rid of the, the, the conversations do you know what I mean yeah. um, whereas he said even if we did the same meeting over four hours pretty sure we could have done it in four yeah. hours as well but there's a lot of excess waffle and that yeah. was what Steve Jobs is in Apple Yeah. so they didn't used to have meetings between 15 and 30 minutes anything outside of that was excess yeah. so you had to get what you wanted to get across in those 15 minutes efficiency was better yeah. management yeah. was better so it's that, a good point you highlighted that's a real high achieving um, trait that you actually have um, Oprah Winfrey right what she does is in all of her meetings right before the whole meeting starts she always clarifies the agenda what questions they need to answer and that's all that's done yeah. so they need to answer that in a set period of time they don't let work yeah. overflow into time they've restricted um, that's a real high achieving yeah. trait to have I think two mm. like takeaway points two things is make sure you box your times for the different Absolutely. things you do and the number two is like you were saying exactly mm. that is have an objective mm. so yeah. that you can say because it's it's good having a, a time slot but you want to say within this time so I'm going to finish this chapter if you just say I'm going to read well read how much and then you end up just reading very small Mm -hmm. amount that you need to Mm -hmm. so it's very very helpful and in reality you do have to time box sort of flexible periods of time as well that you can if something comes up because Mm -hmm. it's you don't want to become too stiff exactly and you don't want to be too flexible where you don't plan at all Mm. and so you want to have sort of time boxes where if something comes up you can move things around and then you can still have that period of time because you've allocated a kind of um, it's like a buffer not necessarily period, a worst. Yeah, exactly. It's like a buffer. Side. I don't want to yeah. say worst case scenario, mm, yeah. but anything that comes up, someone asks you mm. for a favor, you can do it in that time, whatever it is. Mm, yeah. yeah, no, no, absolutely. We definitely absolutely. agree. Um, it's a good important point. Um, kind of moving on from MedMentor, which we'll put in the description. What's the website? Just so website's MedMentor.co.uk. Up until the end of this month, we've actually got a sort of like promotion going on. Mm-hmm. People can get a free code mm. and essentially get a free session with any of the mentors um, mm. that are offering a free session. Mm. And yeah, that, that gives them a good way of finding out risk-free, mm. um, yeah. as risk-free. we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> risk-free, see if, if it's worthwhile. And if it is, then feel free to book a session. Yeah. And if not, then great. That's, great. that's your choice. And I'm sure it'll be worth it. We've got a lot of, a lot of people who, I get a lot, a lot of messages, especially asking, help me yeah sort of mentor me into medicine yeah and i think if we've got now an army of mentors essentially yeah, yeah. heading their way that would be absolutely yeah. great and so medical students awesome. are running great. to sign up they're very very yeah. much encouraged to do it mm. um, stuff, so, yeah. yeah and hopefully it kind of grows and has immense success because we need it and it's affordable it's accessible yeah and it means it kind of levels the playing field that's exactly the goal about. that's exactly the goal yeah. um so this is a kind of typical question we kind of ask all our guests. Okay. It's who is your role model? Who do you derive inspiration from? It can be a, a family member. It can be someone famous. It can be the guy down the road. We don't care. We just want to know who do yeah, you who, derive inspiration yeah, from? Who drives yeah. Honestly, I hate getting asked this question because <laughs> I honestly can't pin down one person. It's so difficult to pin someone you down. You can say a group. Let, let us know. We'll limit you. We're we'll gonna say three. 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 No, but it's not even that. It's just uh, it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think so. Like most people have someone that they just want. They want to emulate, mm-hmm. uh, or or they see them as a good sort of template mm-hmm. that they might build upon. I think it's just like important to have certain traits, and yeah. I think I think some of them I've mentioned mm. the the concept of Ehsan, the concept of yeah. going further. I'm so. I, one thing I really dislike is when people don't think do things properly. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And I think that people like just need to. It it's such a if you do it in every single action of your day, small or big, it has a big impact. Mm-hmm. What, like whether you think it or not. So really, like honing on on that. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. So what other maybe you guys can give me some inspirations. So maybe you? maybe like you said, it doesn't necessarily always have to be people. Yeah. Maybe it's other attributes or maybe you've seen in people that you thought, you know what, these are some of the attributes that will make me successful. These are some of the attributes that means I can do a lot of good work in the community. So you mentioned Ihsan going the extra mile, doing things properly. Um, if we had to press you, what else would you say is a very good attribute or characteristic would you say that is crucial for you in terms of both business, medicine and in life in general? Uh maybe long-term vision mm. i think people were quite focused mm. on near short-term goals yeah, and yeah, short-term yeah. satisfactions mm. but i think taking us if you're able to and i don't think many people are able to take a mm. step back mm. and sort of see the longer vision whether it's to do with your career mm. so with medics i think if i hone on, on medicine um is that everyone's really focused about like you can easily get into this scenario where you're just thinking about the next exam and then when that exam is done you're thinking about the next one i think if you take a step back and think about what rather than what do i want to achieve from this year what do i want to achieve from my life yeah, yeah and thinking true. about it from that perspective i think not only will you be a happier person yep. you'll probably end up doing things that have much more impact you'll probably end up doing the things that you actually like much more and you mm. probably won't feel real a lot of regret i think I, I can't remember i'm not sure if you guys know but like they are they did a survey asking mm. people on their deathbed what is yeah, the number one that, regret yeah. do, do you remember what it was um a lot in in the top 10 i remember it was things like not spending time with your family missing yeah. your kids um not being there for their milestones it's all the things that we neglect for work all the, all exactly that. which is i think yeah. is is really key and spending time with your family mm. is really important and i think it might not be like necessarily what people expect when we say like what mm. what you should do but it's definitely some of the most important things that you need to consider yeah. even I, i you see i got given this piece of advice i'm not sure if it's necessarily a nice way of going about it mm-hmm. but you know how i was talking about the time boxing mm-hmm. some people said time box time for family mm. Mm. you can take that both ways you can think of that as a really nice way of ensuring you spend time with family mm. yeah. you could also consider it as a bit demeaning because you might be like might not necessarily be a nice way of as kind of like considering your family yeah like you mm. but i think a lot of people do that because obviously i work in coventry and i'm back and forth between london yeah. and coventry and let's say 95 monday to friday so i'd spend friday evening with my mates going out whatever yeah but then you left with saturday sunday and i'd always ensure do you know what i need to make sure i'm at least home for one of those days where i get to spend yeah, time with my family i get to spend mm. time with my sister mm. so it doesn't necessarily mean that you those are the only days you do it if you get time you can spend time with your family but i think it's worth you kind of going out of your way and saying you know what regardless of meetings regardless of me doing x yeah. y and z i'm going to ensure my family gets me this saturday protected morning time. so your family looks mm. up for it right it's protected mm-hmm. time mm. you know how medics we get protected <laughs> time which is non-existent <laughs> it does not <laughs> exist <laughs> i've been in it for two months and i've not been to a single teacher right <laughs> so that is a fallacy it's a myth but i think it's good it's a good mentality yeah. to have especially in this fast moving you know everyone's doing like a million and one things like you make sometimes just take a step back spend time with your family and i'm pretty sure they'll be grateful for it yeah yeah you know something interesting i i really really appreciate how you've said um spend time with your family um when you do something do it with absolute sincerity and things so mm. recently i was listening to a talk about how um and this is probably the reason why you you've got the entrepreneurial traits by doing that so creativity is suppressed by short term goal oriented behaviors yeah. i.e i'm going to publish this paper so tomorrow i can confer- uh, present this at a conference mm. but with the concept that you talk about when it comes to longevity when you start to um, spend time with your family you give time to yourself to just usual practices doing something wholeheartedly going that extra mile you you start to identify problems issues and then it sparks creativity mm. and that's where the entrepreneurials skills really come alive and then the entrepreneurs come alive yeah. essentially the people um, who've done really great cool. things mm. in life are always almost always risk takers yeah, big exactly. risk takers as well so yeah i think it's just you need to have that long term vision if you really want to make sure not only you're enjoying your life but you're actually going to make an impact if that's your goal and that for me that's my number one goal is making an impact and i think for medics we 
we have a good life in the sense, unless you work in public health, mm-hmm. you generally help people on an individual level. Mm-hmm. You'll meet that one patient, you, you'll treat mm-hmm. that patient and manage them, mm-hmm. and then you'll move on to the next patient, and you'll help a lot of people like mm-hmm. that, but it's very much individual level. Yeah. Unless you work in public health where you're helping yeah. large-scale people, you don't get that impact. And for me, two of my goals were mm-hmm. the individual levels that will come through medicine, yeah. but the kind of bigger impact, I think business is a really good kind of tool for that. I agree, yeah. absolutely. Um, I'm just kind of going back to kind yeah, of yeah. seeing what you've done. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny, it just came to my head. It's, you said like, you know, all the, the super high ranking people become medics and like doctors and whatnot. And yeah. then like lower down is politicians. But you kind of did some work in EU, right? You said you were part of the parliament or you attended something yeah. you represented us. So it's kind of funny, isn't it? Despite yeah. you being destined <laughs> for medicine, you ended up kind of being in this realm of yeah. politics. So kind of tell us about a bit more about that because it's unknown, right? Mm, yeah. Medics aren't involved in politics, yeah. per se. We know nothing about politics. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of tell us about that. Yeah, about what happened. so my friend, uh, he, so you guys know the G7 and the yeah. G20. Uh, mm-hmm. Summits, yeah. So these are the summits of the the, the global leaders, mm-hmm. people like the, the prime minister of the UK, yeah. uh, France, Germany, US. And there's a youth kind of equivalent of mm. that. And my friend, he was a very talented friend. He's mm. an older medic here at UCL. Mm. He was one of the delegates for them, yeah. Abdul Khadir mm. Elmi. And through that, uh, he, I was exposed to a lot of like basically a lot of students where I'm very interested in politics and mm. I'm very interested in like I say in, in having broad uh, impacts and so I wanted to find out more and I, I went to events with him mm. and I found out about this opportunity that you could apply to be a youth delegate so mm. essentially you we would visit the European Parliament in yeah. Brussels um, as a youth delegate for the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, so was this in like an official capacity? Yeah, so okay, we were wow. we were visiting. So the he was a prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so you're representing yeah, not the quite. whole country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm proud. <laughs> um, but it was like a yeah, it was it was really eye opening. A lot of the people on like with me, so we're yeah. a group of delegates. It wasn't just yeah, uh, just me. There was about yeah. I think seven of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of them are not medics and oh, so it, a lot of them work in civil service and things yeah, like that yeah, yeah. that's another thing that I notice mm. is like we don't get involved in the policy making process yeah. we, as medics we don't get involved in despite affecting our day to day exactly yeah. Yeah. everything yeah. everything that we do whether mm. it's in medicine or outside medicine is affected by policy and, and we don't do enough to inform it and so yeah I went and I uh, got to meet a member of the European Parliament Seb mm. Dance fortunately mm. we're not part of that mm-hmm. parliament anymore yeah. so He's technically not an MEP so anymore. You're, you're, you're part oh, of history okay. to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Used, yeah, it was actually on the day we visited, it was yeah. the same day that Boris Johnson secured the deal with was the it? EU. And oh, Boris okay. Johnson was so this Brussels. recently then? It was uh, October last year. Okay, fine. So oh, wow, this is just literally yeah. just. Yeah. This is part of history. Like Boris said, Johnson man. was there on the same day in Brussels. Yeah, yeah. There were journalists on the train. I yeah. think, I, think uh, I was on a different uh, Eurostar mm. train, but. One of the other delegates on the same train is Nigel Farage. Wow. Walked past him. Didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but walked past him. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of buzz was happening. This was a complete coincidence. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was very how, uh, interesting. How did you find that world? Like, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people. So, the beauty about this podcast and what we want to do is kind yeah. of give people and medics a bit of insight into the other things, right? That I understand it's a bit difficult and scary to see this world. It's mm-hmm. a bit scary to go out of your way into world of politics. So I'm sure a lot of people are kind of avid listeners that want to know, how is the world of politics? What's different about it? What's similar to medicine, yeah. you know? I think, I think um, I got a small taster mm. at the end of the day. Mm. Like going into politics long-term is a whole new thing. Mm. But I think uh, as a medic, you have a lot of skills uh, that are very beneficial. In business, I've definitely found that, but also in politics. Mm. The art of communicating, being able to sell a policy. So yeah. talking to people in civil service who work in the government, they are daily trying to advocate and support uh, a certain policy that they're working on, mm-hmm. trying to persuade uh, seniors and sometimes ministers and, and MPs and cabinet uh, ministers of their policy. This ability to communicate, deliver uh the pros and cons, this ability to uh, understand what the other side, the empath- empathy is yeah. an important skill. 
all of these skills you have to have as a medic and you nurture them through medical school. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one reason why medical students are targeted a lot by a lot of different types of firms. Yeah, loads of industries all want medics. Lots, they lots. Want medics. Some yeah. of, I mean, management consultancies have specific pathways for medical students yeah, so exactly. that they can go down it and, and become management consultancy for mm. uh, consultants for health firms. So, yeah, I think if you're a medic and you're interested in politics, I think know that you have a lot of skills. Don't be scared. Yeah. Because you have a lot of skills that you might not realize that make you very, very suitable for anything that you want to be. And I think it's very important. I mean, right now there's the uh, there's a A&E doctor who's running mm. for uh, deputy leader of the Labour Party. This is an example of um, medics who I think need to get involved. I Personally, one of the things I really dislike is in politics, mm. the, he- the Minister of Health is not anyone is not a doctor it's at all yeah, not a nurse nothing it's just someone and and this is a big problem in politics mm-hmm. it's something that i hope one day changes but i think at the moment the important thing is to engage if you're interested in politics engage in it take part in events uh the organization that i uh was a part of that that mm-hmm. kind of organized things like this including the y7 and y20 mm. uh it's called future leaders network if anyone oh. wants to check out i'll just give you the out. link just send me all the also. links and we'll put it up there for yeah yeah F- feel free uh they're doing really good work i know the people who run it and yeah they're doing they've just announced actually the delegates for the uh new kind of y7 and y20 and mm. doing really that exciting stuff awesome, really hu- amazing people who who are on those uh yeah. delegates yeah no, i'm glad to hear and it's super interesting and it's i'm i'm happy to kind of see us kind of taking ownership of things that directly affect us yeah us i don't know what the word is is cross traveling cross specializing or whatever is into other domains other realms of society and it's important and it's only medicine and everyone in the community will only benefit we're gonna rule the world man doctors (laughs) are gonna rule the world (laughs) bro you you go back to work to work and try to rule your ward first yeah You try to rule the world. I'm so yeah. happy I'm hearing a doctor is going for. Oh my god, yeah. um, she's getting my vote. So um, <laughs> I think we've talked a lot, and I'm glad we covered a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, and I'm conscious you're a super busy guy. You got probably exams to revise for, but <laughs> I want to thank you kind of no, immensely for coming not down, not taking time on your schedule. Thank you. Um, you're doing wonderful and amazing things, and I wish you only the best of success. Thank um, you. And for you guys both, I know you guys have your endeavours <laughs> and, and I, I know how you guys work hard for you, it. Um, Thank you. So hopefully we grow together. Um, it'd be nice to kind of give a, p- a few pieces of advice to younger medics or people that want some startup advice, yeah. um, prospective medical students. I think you are in that realm. Yeah. Um, so just some advice um, and then we can end it on that and it'd be a good way to end the, end yeah. the session today. So I'll give one piece of advice for prospective people think about medicine and one for medics. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, for people applying two things you need to tick off before you apply to a course like academically suitable for this mm-hmm. but a lot of people uh, through their culture will be really stressed out to to achieve really highly and will have a lot of mental problems because of that their value is determined by whether they get into medical school or not mm. please don't feel like that Absolutely. please don't have I, I know this is much easier uh, than saying we can have a a whole episode on this topic mm-hmm. but um i think make sure that you also enjoy it and the best way to do that is get work experience i know sometimes for some people it's very hard to get work experience but if you can secure it go there with an open eye don't try and convince yourself that everything's amazing really talk to the doctors yeah. and ask them what is a career like in medicine and mm-hmm. and really like internalize it don't ignore it if it's it, some doctors are very pessimistic some are maybe over optimistic yeah. but don't try and ignore it because you want to kind of wear like some sort of blinds and shades to like because you've been told medicine's amazing by your family that you want to do it make sure and i'm not saying this just for medicine whatever you want to go into try and get work experience for it Absolutely. so that you can know what you're go- getting into um i think that's the most uh, important thing i'd say for medics uh for applying medics sorry mm-hmm. uh, or applying students for students themselves whether it's business uh whether it's uh politics whether it's anything that isn't necessarily medical related not mm. like academia or anything like that mm. go for it if you just make sure it's something you're interested in if you think that publishing is necessarily a means to an end like if i oh, i'm just gonna i don't like academia but i'll do these 
papers so that I can mm. get some points. It doesn't end. It will keep going. Mm. Tell me about it. Exactly. It never ends. So <laughs> don't get into this mindset of, you know what, I'll just do it so that I can get... Make sure you enjoy it. If you enjoy it, go for it. And we, we it's good. We want people, uh, who if they're interested in research, to go for it. But if you're not interested in it, just find something that you are interested in. I, I, I give this... My brother is a second-year medical student here. Mm-hmm. I give this advice to him in his first year. I said to him, I, I kind of put it in three different routes. Voluntary work... Um, like entrepreneurship, business world, and then the academia world. Mm-hmm. That's like the sort of three, they, the mm. very broad, but three kind of branches that people mm. tend to go down in their extracurricular. I said to him, ha- try a bit of each in this Absolutely. first year. And once you've figured out what's interesting to you, then just go all out for one. Mm. It's difficult to do all three. Some people mm, do, yeah. but... Mm. I think that's quite similar to what we did. So I think mm. initially we were pro-academia, yeah, yeah, research the IBSC mm. region and all that stuff was quite good. Either the cardiovascular mm. sciences, are imperial. Then we did the volunteering with Ma, mm-hmm. and to a certain degree, I'm still heavily involved in that. Um, and then obviously now this whole kind of seeing how entrepreneurship and how that works. And I think, like you said, it's good. See what you like. Mm. Don't limit yourself and think, oh, do you know what? I'm never going to be an entrepreneur. I'm never going to be good at volunteering. I'm never going to be good at academia. See say yes yeah. to all three see what you like see where your strengths lie and then pursue it um, so I think that is quite sound advice for medics out Absolutely. there yeah. yeah spot on advice try Good it advice all me. and, then, and, and then go for it and yeah I think that's if you if you do that then because if you enjoy it the when you go on you're going to end up doing more things to do with that. Like I say, if you do academia now thinking that's it, just so that I can get a good foundation year placement, when you get to that placement, you're going to find out that you need to do, well, first of all, you probably won't have time, but you you might find that you need to do some more work so that you can get a good speciality job. And if you don't enjoy it, then you're going to find that you're, it's the same mentality of not spending time doing the things that you enjoy and spending time with family. It's the same problem. Absolutely. And you're going to regret it. You're going to regret you're it. You're going to be in The Lancet, but you're going to regret it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be published quite well. Yeah, if he's in The Lancet, we'll give it an exception. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's fine. Um, but I think that's sound advice. Um, and the beauty of it is sometimes you need to hear it with someone that's still a medical student. Mm. We've kind of graduated and it's been a few years. Um, but Abs, I want to thank you once again for kind of coming down. No, you're one of the thank first you. few guests on this new season two we're doing. Um, and I want to kind of give thanks to all our listeners who kind of been patient with us. We've been taking a hiatus. I think the website should be up. So you go check it out. Now. Make sure you subscribe. Um, but yeah, we've got loads of more exciting things, loads of more guests coming up. Um, and as always, we're more than happy for you to reach out to us. I'm sure Abdul will be happy to reach out to you. We'll, they can access you on LinkedIn and Twitter yeah. or whatever. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not on Instagram. That's fine. We'll give yeah. some form of access because I'm yeah. sure someone will probably pick your brains. Um, and we'll get all the website links in the description below. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you ever so much. And we'll, we'll probably see you in the future sometime. Yeah. Take thank care. you. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much, bro.